Hey everyone, Evan Damrell here, co-host of Locked On Cavs. As you can see on my left, yes, my left, my co-host Chris Manning is sitting there chilling, and we're going to be getting drilled by my questions, as if you're a regular listener, not the first time I've drilled a Manning, but today's episode of Locked On Cavs is brought to you by Wednesdays on Locked On NBA. It's small market meets big market Wednesdays on Locked On NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chris, how you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm not used to doing this, so yeah. I'm. Um, this is one of the, you know we're doing some question and answer stuff this week. Wanted to throw some stuff at you, um, mm-hmm. representing the the fine golf club at Everness in in Toledo with my Solheim Cup T-shirt in this episode. Shouts to Solheim it was a very fun time. Love golf. Um, Dave Zavak. Yeah, loves and this well, episode already. And, and Patrick. Well, David A does listen to podcasts. Um, or watch YouTube, I think. He's just like a boomer. And then uh, Patrick Andres, from, who writes for us for the store, doing a really good ser- uh, series right now on the on the on a calf season in like extreme detail, kind of cultural, um, all kinds of different contexts on that season. It's really, really well done. Also from Toledo and also like a political nerd. It's just like funny that he's just like Zavak, like reincarnated, like 12 years younger in some ways. It's just like very, it's just very, very funny to me um, how that happens. So sometimes. he's 40 years old? Dave Zavak's like 52, man. He's, uh, he's got that grumpy old man, get off my lawn. He's energy. had that the whole time I've known him. It's kind of incredible, actually. Salute to Dave. <laughs> um, but doing good. I just want before we get into the show and you start firing questions at me, um, check out Monday's episode if you want to see what we did when I threw some questions at Evan. Uh, look, we're trying uh-huh. to boost our subscriber count on YouTube. Uh, we want to, I think our goal is by next Monday, 400. We want, I think a thousand by the start of the season would be like primo stuff. So everyone that listens to this podcast, there's more than a thousand of you that listen to this podcast on a daily basis. Every time we drop an episode, we're crushing that thousand number. Go to YouTube and just hit subscribe, hit the notification bell. Do I say solid and go do that. It is the best way to support the show right now. If you want Evan and I to continue doing this, continue to like succeed at this, continue to, to have our money stored in the Cleveland uh, trust and just have our money just racking up and, and getting Ethereum and all kinds of whatever. Um, Evan has a, two new cyber trucks to buy like he yeah. already he already put the I order bought, in i bought two i bought two pumpkins back there he bought too. he, he bought a rug and pumpkins he, this man bought a rug folks like he he has he has some, some he has some bills i, so I like, bought and returned a rug in like a span of 15 minutes so well i bought had the rug appear then returned it within like five minutes of laying it out on my floor i was yeah. telling chris i i ordered it off the internet which was my first mistake i cost because i just like the already, color of it so it's clear and it was not the right size it is if i could throw up a picture of it right now i would maybe i will in post before i upload mm. this to youtube mm. like my cat I, as mm. reference it's too much work yeah, but yeah, i have work. a question to you before we start with my f- actual question uh-huh. uh, ha- holiday decorations when do you consider it too early because i already got halloween stuff up in my place do you think it's too early mm-hmm. for it no, I mean, we have some false stuff around here, but I my answer is I defer to to the to the real leader of my household, Leah Nicole Manning. 
That's fair. That's fair. Happy wife, happy life. That's, Chris. That, that's exactly right right there. She has the stuff, and when she needs to be, like, change out the flags outside, stick something in the ground, pick something up and move it, I will do it. But she is, she's the decorating queen, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just here to surf. You're just a hired help that you happen to be married to. Not her. even hired. Just, you know, just help. Indentured servant, maybe. I don't huh. know, but... Yeah, I'm actually a little hurt, Lee. I never responded to my DM because I don't know if that's your guys' niece or something. Oh, she's like I can't believe this is yeah, well, person's three years old. Yeah, that's our niece. That is not our. Ch- that is not our. That is no, not I know you guys don't have a kid. Yeah. No, no, no. I just that, didn't know if it was that or like it was like a friend's kid or something. No, that's but, that is our uh, our wonderful niece. We treat her. Yeah, I was just like I can't believe she's three years old, and I'm like, well, she's been alive for 365 times three days, so there's your answer. Just left me on red on that one. I'm just like. Man, if Chris did this to me, I would be hurt so bad. Leanne, good job leaving Evan on red. It was funny. Continue. Um, but let's let's get things started here. We kind of talked about this on Monday's episode, so if you haven't checked that out, go check that out now so you know what question is coming first. But Chris, I have to ask you this. I, there are some obvious answers. Maybe there's not some not-so-obvious answers, but my questions are going to kind of be based on the Cavs offseason and mostly who benefits from who. And let's start with Larry Markkinen. Chris, in your opinion, who do you think on the Cavs roster benefits most from the Markkinen addition? I, I think there's a couple of different ways you could look at this. Um I tend oh, to think, let's explore them. Well, so I, I think my my I think the obvious answer is just clearly Isaac Okoro because look Isaac has the the big hole in his offensive game in terms of his maximum sort of utility is his shot. Like if his shot never manifests to like league average three point shooting, like his ceiling is is extremely capped. There's just no kind of way around that the way the league kind of works. So like if you have a, a four who he can play with a lot, who can shoot, and eat up some of that responsibility, allowing him to cut, giving him some more time to work on his shot and develop it in terms of catch and shoot, pull up, whatever, in terms of him, you know, attacking closeouts when teams rotate and, and he gets a chance to attack the weak side of a defense after maybe marking and pass up a three and like availability is going to be king here. Like, I don't think we have the same level of injury concerns with marketing that we would with like a Kevin Love. Um, assuming Kevin Love even plays a, a minute for this team this year, and I, you know, who we, we have no idea. Like media day is you know less than a week away, and we're just sort of like, I don't know. He's like in New York. Most everyone else is in Cleveland. Um, for for what it's worth, a cast photographer liked my tweet when I pointed out that in all the promotional images and videos they posted this summer, Kevin Love has not appeared in a single one. Is what it is. Um, so, hmm. who, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, but, but I'm reading into the tea leaves here, folks. I, I think the answer is just Okoro because I think like this team needs shooting, and he's a guy that will benefit from just playing with a shooter. But it's also dependent on like, you know, are you going to like? I, I, it's we just don't really know what the lineups look like. So my answer, like theoretically, to this could change a lot depending on like what kind of lineups we actually see. Like it's possible that like. They're just not featured on a lot of the same lineups, which to me feels like a mistake. But I could see oh, yeah. how like the everything gets structured that way, and you don't end up doing. It. And he plays more with like he comes back when like Dean Wade's on the floor, and he plays with, with Wade instead, or something akin to that. So I think you have a really good point with Coro, and I think the same argument can be made for Lamar Stevens. Carter Rodriguez made this argument, and I'll still say it's really smart that it makes sense in a vacuum why you add Lamarkin into the fold here. Okay, but can you make but, the same? Here's the thing, though. I, I think when we answer these questions, it has to be guys that we're like sure are like top eight rotation guys. I like Lamar. He's oh, like, but he's fair. but he's like a tenth guy. Like if your if your impact yeah. of like the guy you're spending all this money well, on is like it's that's, gonna. That's hit. what I'm. That's what I'm getting to. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm just yelling at Carter. It benefits right Mobley. It benefits Allen. It benefits a lot of the 
players on the Cavs roster that either are not shooters or players that are just kind of not really shooters yet, if you look at like a Coro and Mobley in that vein. Um, but I'm going to go a little outside the box here, and I'm going to say Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. I'll lump those two together. Um, those two both, like, I've been watching grinding a lot of Cavs tape lately to kind of prep me for this season as, you know, transitioning to covering this team completely full-time. Um, and I've just noticed the Cavs offense breaks down a lot after their one play, and that's just kind of how it's always been. And they have, they have if you no have a player that has secondary action ever, no secondary so action whatsoever, and so one note, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Oh, it's really, really bad. And this is going to piggyback off my next segment's answer, too. But marketing possesses, at least you have to respect the fact that he is a good three point shooter. He possesses some form of gravity in that regard. You can say the same for Darius Garland. You can say the same for Colin Sexton, but Sexton is gun shy. And I think Garland also, because he is the primary initiator and the only initiator on Cleveland's offense last year was gun-shy and only took five threes a game. I think Garland needs to uptick his three-point percent or three-point attempts as well. It might might impact his percentage a little bit. I think he shot about 40% off the top of my head from the floor last year. So I think having Markman out there to provide extra spacing, one, make those players, like Okoro and the players I mentioned's lives easier, but I think it'll make Garland's life easier because he has a player he can reliably kick out to on the perimeter because he can't rely on love being there but also he has other options as well just to provide some extra spacing too yeah i i think for me if the answer wasn't um okora would be sexton and garland as a duo because like i i think when you're thinking about like just making things easier for your young guards and kind of establishing some positive habits for them like they really haven't had like a chance to run a lot of like just kind of basic pick and pop like when kevin's played like you can see the impact that has and but kevin's barely played and they really haven't had like that like dean wayne has been that in spurts but it's just like marketing i think has a little more of a presence just kind of being the pedigree oh, yeah. maybe that's unfair to dean in some ways and it, it probably is but like i i think like marketing if you can just kind of get good minutes at a market as a pick and pop guy that will really help i mean one of the things that i think back to is like I think, you know, it. Kyrie was incredible regardless, but, like, I think he really benefited from the little bit of time he spent with uh, Spencer Hawes, at least from a basketball sense, yeah. because, like, Hawes came in and was immediately, like, the best pick-and-roll and pick-and-pop big man that Kyrie played with his in, until Hold LeBron came now. back and everything, right? Uh, Anderson Verge. The Anderson Verge out Kyrie Irving pick-and-pop is lethal until Verge yeah, but it, but it, inevitably but got like, hurt. But, like, Hawes... 17 could, like, and 17, Anderson Verge All-star Anderson Okay, Vergel but, like, but like Hawes, Hawes would, like, stretch... Actually, like, stretch the floor back out. And oh, like, absolutely. And, like, like Ver- Andy it, it would just... It was weird, but it worked. Like, well, at the time, it felt so foreign for the Cavs to have well, that. But that's my point. It's like you're actually were expanding the court and, and expanding your offense, whereas, like, with Andy, God bless him, it was, like, pop to the elbow and take, like, a very flat-footed, like, 16-foot jumper. Like, there was – and he uh-huh. d- and he didn't have, like, the verticality finish like Allen does. So, like, you know, Markkinen, I don't think, has that, like, lob threat sort of vertical spacing kind of element to him that I think, you know, kind of if you're going to merge it perfectly. But I think it's, like, a pick-and-pop and, like, spacing guy that they feel comfortable kind of passing to. I think that's good. And and but I and I so I, I think that is the number two answer. I think Okoro just gets some cover in a way. And um, again, I'm I'm just perpetually fascinated by Okoro. And again, like this really could depend on sort of like what Markkinen's role is. Like, is he going to start to start the year? Is he going to come off the bench? Like, what his role sort of is. Like, in some ways, like 
you know, if it could be Rubio in terms of like just giving Rubio like someone to kind of run some two man game chemistry with if if they end up being like the lead on bench units or something. Like who who really knows you? But Evan, um, you know, if people wanna like get their T V together and like have that ready before the season starts, um, I think they should check out our front of direct T V stream. Look, like does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch all the games live. Another lets you stream your favorite TV shows. You know, you're watching sport highlights on your phone, and you've got an, your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. It's like really complicated sometimes just to watch everything you want. Well, that's where DirecTV Stream comes in, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It brings you your live TV and your on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That includes the Cavs on Valley Sports Ohio, which they're like the only streaming option uh, you can get to watch that, so consider that. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. This episode of Locked on Cavs is also brought to you by Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games are being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and it required very little strategy. So, in 2020, a hell of a year, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball and it's called Game Pick and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless daily busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work, also over. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football like I do, I use Sleeper. And if you prefer building on a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You'll not be disappointed. Okay, Chris, we are back. Are you ready for the next question? You want to keep talking, Mark? Then? Uh, no, let's go to the next question. I, th- I think we've talked a lot about Lowry the last couple weeks. We'll talk about him more, I'm sure. Let's move on. Oh yeah, you are as 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 Lowry might say finished with talking about him right now. So I that was well played. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so transitioning to another international player, the Cavs added. You know they really upped their quote after losing Dante Exum and Matthew Dellavedova this offseason, If you think about it, but Ricky Rubio. I think Darius Garland is the one who benefits the most from adding him to the roster because in theory, at least like we talk about how the Cavs offense was very one note and very vanilla last season. I think the inability to have a secondary creator alongside Garland, like in theory you have love and Nance, I would play that role, but neither of them could reliably be on the floor. And the same can be said for Rubio. He's not exactly the healthiest player out there, but I think Rubio can make sense next to Garland as a, defender and a tertiary playmaker he provides that also primary playmaking as well if you want to play garland off the ball too i think garland or sorry excuse me rubio unlocks a lot of garland's game and i think it's going to get him more looks on the perimeter too which the more i break down darius's footage and like 
I think the my biggest gripe about him last season, if I had to do a player review of him right now, is he was gun shy. But then if you really want to look at it, it's also because of the Cavs offensive system where there are no other playmakers outside of Garland on the floor at times. And they have to play with like Damian Dotson and Colin Sexton and Isaac Okoro, who aren't really true initiators. Maybe they can provide some tertiary playmaking. But I think Rubio is really going to unlock a lot of Garland's game next year. I think that's a fair answer. Um, I think you could like kind of copy and paste a lot of that argument for Sexton because I think like I almost oh, like yeah Sexton is also who I had in mind on this, this one too. Because- but I'm really like focusing on Garland because in my heart of hearts and if you're a regular listener to this show, Chris thinks feels this way too. Like Garland is going to be the key or the straw that stirs the drink for the Cavs next year. Like he's going to be the guy, and we'll truly know if like he can be the face of the franchise next year. But besides Mobley, well, he, of course, but yeah, Mobley needs yeah. time. Um, I just think like so I just tend to think that the if you're trying to like optimize skill sets and sort of like get guys in optimal roles, I think Rubio with, um. Sexton makes more sense on paper to me just because like Rubio can provide some of the playmaking and you can do some sex and all ball stuff whenever. Um, I think there's a case that it's just like everyone under 25 years old and maybe Evan Mobley is like the best example of this because I think I've been thinking a lot of just about how much like Anthony Edwards seemed to really love playing with Ricky Rubio, how much he was willing to learn from him and sort of soak up stuff from him. And like, I don't think, you know, Rubio is going to be here for a long time. I think he's hopefully going to be here for a good time with the Cavs and like kind of leave with a positive impact. That's what we were trying to get out of him. And if he can come in and be a willing kind of vocal leader and like help guys kind of get acclimated, like that can have a real impact. And I think more than like whatever his on off numbers are going to be more than what like, you know, his fit on some of these lineups can be i think with rubio you really it's it's a it's a play for like leadership and it's a play for him helping guys develop and i think garland's a good answer of that i think sexton is another very good example of that but i think there's like a case that it's just like every young guy that is willing to learn something from rubio is just my answer but it's it's specifically i think mobley could be a guy because it's like he's coming into the league there you know obviously you know jared's like you know kind of technically like a veteran now um you know garland and sexton and have all been around Markin's like Mar- technically a veteran yeah like too. you have you have some guys that have like been around but like i don't think there's anyone on this in this locker room you know assuming kevin isn't around that has the cachet in the league as a as a leadership guy in the locker room as a as a guy that's been around and knows how to knows how to play the right way and do things the right way more than ricky rubio and i think like if you can he can be a president for that as long as he is around for someone like Mobley, assuming Mobley is like, you know, you know, it takes a guy like to be the, the willing learner and kind of embrace some of that opportunity. If that happens, like, I think that's a win for, for the Evan Mobley development. Um, I, I think that that's where I would kind of go with this. And I, I will be very curious to see, like, from an encore perspective, how Rubio gets deployed. I think that will shape what this answer could be. But in terms of just like overall impact, I think it's really... I, I think the Rubio play is really just like, can he help the young guys like mature and can they learn something from him? However, whether he's here till the trade deadline or he makes it through the whole season, I think like that is the kind of thing where it's like you're hoping that he can just be a guy that, you know, when you're you're navigating a long road trip and they have a very early West Coast West Coast swing, like when you're navigating choppy waters and you're navigating the grind of a season, he's a guy that has done this. He's a guy that knows what it takes. He understands how the league works, and he can help you with that as the guy in the locker room that can kind of be that that present for you. And you don't you don't have that otherwise. And look, like last year, like Kevin obviously was hurt a lot. Delhi missed big chunks of the year. Um, he didn't exactly have that last year either, you know. So like Rubio could be a really nice veteran voice, I think, for this team. And that to me screams what his impact is going to be more than like, hey, I'm going to help you win a bunch more games. 
So do you do you buy what he's selling when he says I've worked with Donovan Mitchell, I've worked with Devin Booker, I worked with Anthony Edwards last year. Now I want to work with Darius Garland and make yeah, him better. Or do you think it's just him trying to be a good presence? Because he also said I didn't expect to be traded to Cleveland. I it, it, it kind of read like I expected to be traded to a contender, not here. Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of it's like I think ending in probably being traded to the Cavs was surprising just in terms of like, you know, the type of teams he's playing. But I do think that like Rubio, I think for that you take him at his word because like it has proven to be true. It's not like he's telling you something that you can like look at the other evidence and say this isn't true. Like Anthony, just go look at John Krasinski from The Athletic has done like he, he's maybe the best beat reporter covering any team in the league right now. Like Cleveland would be so lucky to have a guy as as tuned in and, and thoughtful on on the beat full time at like one of the major outlets that teams the team respects in some ways. Um, he can show like, criticism while being fair, but he, also not and, coming and, and, off yeah, as a mouthpiece for the team. And he's just like incredibly curious in a way that is like incredible. And he does good investigative journalism too, well, like the A Rod stuff. He yeah. is at the very beginning. Yeah, of all he had he taps in the, like he, he's incredible. But his stuff with you go read what the Edwards had to say all year with about Rubio, like uh it rubbed off and like I don't think that is like it clearly wasn't a one off thing. You know, I, I think like, you know, may, it might be worth us like talking to like Brendan Clean from Locked on Suns and kind of going back and saying, Okay, how did Rubio impacted team like that might be something we need to do and just kind of talk about like what his impact sort of was like you know you look at like cleaning the glass this year in aggregate he was like a negative four and a half per possessions on a kind of bad wolves team the year before he was positive with like maybe we talked to david Locke, you know our network kind of proprietor and, and the host of lockdown jazz and kind of pick his brain on like what rubio brought to the jazz and with donovan mitchell his time like I, I think there is something to that that like it's not just like a good talking point it seems to be true assuming that he's like that this isn't something that's just going to turn him off in some way right like i think that is like the thing we Mm -hmm. don't know but there's never been something with rubio where it seems like he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and like and like just be a a malcontent right like i i don't think you have the you run the risk of that um with him in terms of like being that kind of vocal leadership guy um yeah i would say like the i mean who's who would you say the last guy that had like, is Tristan the first post-LeBron year, like, the last guy the Cavs had that kind of was, like, I don't think Larry was vocal in this way. I don't think that was really what Larry did. I think Larry yeah. was, like, a guy that everyone got along with, but I don't think he was, like, I mean, he deferred to, like, Tristan and Kevin and, and stuff like that when he would speak about it. So, like, I don't think that was necessarily his thing, and that's fine. Not every, I mean, not every guy's wired that way. Um, I, I, it's, Tristan might be the last guy that was playing regularly that was that guy. Like when he, yeah. And like or George some, Hill, but Colin Sexton said, no thanks to George Hill mentor. Well, him. yeah. And George, I don't, I think George was like, get me out of here. Um, at the beginning of that year too. Like, I, I think that oh, was yeah. just like, there, there was he, a he lot had, going he was on. He's having like PTSD to Sacramento and he's like, get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a lot going on there. So like, I think Tristan might be the last guy the Cavs have had that was like a hey, playing regularly and is with the team on road trips. Cause remember like if guys are hurt, like they're not traveling, they don't usually travel. Yeah. Yeah, like you Unless like Kevin to play on the road trip. Yeah, or like there's certain pregame like other stuff they want them to do or whatever. Like but like the, they don't travel. Uh-huh. Rubio like assuming health is like will be with the team and like I think Tristan might have been the last guy that sort of filled this kind of role and I'll be maybe that's something I mean I think this I'm creating questions for myself to ask him media day. You know, like and yeah. I have to word them creatively to not like cuz I'm not trying to insult like Kevin or Deli or Larry. What I'm trying to ask is sort of like 
is this a guy that you can like depend on in a way that maybe you haven't had in some time? Like, is there is this like a veteran guy, like, or am I overstating this? But I think there is something there to him just being like a good quote unquote like culture locker room guy, and it's proven out where he's been. And I think the body of work kind of speaks for itself. But Evan, I'm gonna do a great mm-hmm. segue here. I'm just gonna this is gonna be good. You know what else has a great track record? If you're an audio listener, Chris just pumped himself up for this. Oh segue. yeah, I did. I I was very close to just like smacking myself on the cheeks to get myself amped up there. But our friends at Built Bar have a great track record because they have the best tasting protein bar on the market. Great flavors like coconut, cherry bar. And speaking of track record, they're the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Wow, stealing your thunder. Wow, Evan. They also sent us. I hope you got this. Spoiler: If not, the cookie dough. Oh, yeah, they sent us, like, a surprise six-pack of the cookie dough in the mail. Made my day. My heart Made sang. My I was just like, day. I'm just like, what flavor is it this time? And I opened it up, I'm like, no freaking well, way. Well, and they're teasing and they're, they're teasing on the gram that they're going to bring it back full-time, which I'm excited. So, look, Good other great pick. flavors, cookies and cream, mixed box, so you can get two of each of the nine flavors. And, look, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Just order today, get that mint brownie, that coconut, that strawberry, whatever it is that you like. Strawberry to orange are going away, so get those before they're gone. And like Evan said, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. So go to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's episode of Locked On Cavs is also brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back at the start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Do not forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, basketball, or boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and also don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON when signing up. Okay, Christopher, we are back. You're sitting there vibing. I have a question for you before I leap to my last question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do you think the Rubio Love vibes benefit, or do you think the uh, the social media silencing of Kevin Love is never going to let those take flight? Uh, I have no idea what's going on with, with Kev, so like I don't think I can answer that question. Because, you know, I look at this, it's like a really easy marketing opportunity to say like oh these two used to play together and maybe they hate each other deep down but like rubio made it seem like there's still a bromance between those two so who knows um i think ricky rubio is going to be one of those players i get weirdly attached to this season because of i i always have liked him as a player um when i was more casual i didn't enjoy the fact that he was kind of giving Kyrie irving a run for his money at first for rookie of the year and then rubio or sorry Kyrie pulled away pretty quickly but I, I just think he's going to be one of those vets that like I get weirdly attached to. I'm going to kind of be sad to see go when the Cavs, if they do trade him um, at the deadline. Um, elite future Coachella jersey would be Ricky, Cavs Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. And he's going to be rocking number three, so maybe he breaks the curse on that one. Oh, I didn't even consider that. 
Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Andre Drummond to Ricky Woo. Rubio is quite the upgrade. At least you get an actual playmaker in the open floor. Hey, oh, anyway, ask your question. Okay, so I was going to ask about Evan Mobley, but I'm shifting gears, and I'm going to ask you this: Which player currently on the Cavs roster benefits most from the otherwise lack of moves the Cavs made? To to uh, refresh everyone, it was trading for Ricky Rubio, uh, signing Larry Markinen, Larry Markinen in the sign and trade, and drafting Evan Mobley, and then a couple other small and signing Jared Allen too. But other than that, it's nothing. So who benefits the most from it? Ooh, um. Hmm. I have a controversial answer if you want to. Yeah, think about I don't it. know if I have. I I want to say it's Okoro because like the move you would have made is like get like a clear starting caliber like small forward and like you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So like Okoro gets a chance to just kind of make this like his position clearly. So like that is my gut instinct. But what's your take? I think it's Colin Sexton because he's in a contract here. Okay. The Cavs didn't really make moves to improve the offense like dramatically. They're going to be banking on internal development and growth, and this could blow up dramatically in the Cavs' face. And I would not be surprised if it does. And we could get a rinse and repeat of last year, and Colin has another really high-scoring year, and he really just drives asks the Cavs to back up that Brinks truck and restricted free agency this offseason. That's just kind of my thought processes. The Cavs made... I think they made some in, some improvements with adding Rubio and marketing and obviously adding Mobley. Like, talent always makes you better. Um, but I think banking on their internal development is such a risky gamble on Kobe Altman's part, and it could get J.B. Bickerstaff fired as well. Like, people were upset about our, the thumbnail I made, but, like, those two could easily get the ax this season if things don't go right. And if we get another season of a bad Cavs team just kind of treading water and maybe fighting for the playing tournament where Colin Sexton's kind of the the entire offensive backbone where he's not really a floor raiser but he's just really good at getting buckets but not contributing to total wins um colin sexton could be the biggest winner then if this all just kind of blows this is all theoretical of course with the lack of moves this is a prime blow-up situation too for the Cavs, and sexton could really cash in on it if he does if it does happen that way look sexton's bona fide man sexton's yeah good. he's an elite three-level scorer I would say two and a half because he doesn't take enough threes to really say like three level. Like he just does like ramp up that value. And All then right, get say, out the knife and the chopping block. I'll cut off another finger when we're. Done. I don't have any fingers Knuckle. anymore. I'm just nubs. Like they're prosthetics. We'll just do it for dramatic. Yeah, I'm effect. like uh, the 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 golf teacher from. Um, You're wearing Charlie Kelly's uncle's hands right now. I was gonna make I was gonna make the joke of I, from Happy Gilmore the golf from Happy Happy yeah, Gilmore yeah. the uh, golf or, instructor that lost his hands and, to a gator and, and the principal in Riverdale of all things. Um, not the same actor, <laughs> but like that they cut off the principal. I, that show's bizarre. Um, it is. Um, what are that? What what a world we live in, Evan. That that just came. Now my brain is just fried again. But I I think Sexton's a really good answer because he and Garland, like because they're just gonna have the ball in their hands so much, are clearly guys that are gonna like shape the season in so many ways. And it's like, oh yeah, you you want to earn your next contract now? Like this is a year to do it. And they are the guys that have that most immediate. Like Jared Allen got his bag. Um. You know, Mobley just there's only so much Jared Allen can do. Like a yeah, a, a five like, in today's NBA can well, only make such it, an unless, unless Mobley turns into like 
a passer that he's never been like that. Like that's just not what he is. Like he's he's a where he has like a Porzingis esque rookie season where he's just like an uh, actual shooter right out the gate. Yeah, I mean even then I don't even know. But it's like I I think you just look at like the guys are gonna have the ball in their hands the most and get a chance to shape the success of the team in some way. It's 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 those two guys and I think Sexton just is a guy that is has the most pressing like contract situation like if because in theory garland could have a really good year and like him and his camp could decide like hey we're gonna like we're gonna run this out we're gonna play we're gonna bet on ourselves a little bit and not agree to something when immediately when we become extension eligible um you know assuming that like the Cavs offer him something because like again like this is it's a year away like a lot can happen um injuries Uh whatever but like sexton is in like a very pressing situation for whatever his next contract is going to be that's just the reality of it unless he unexpectedly signs something between now and and the start of the season like he is playing pretty clearly not just for his for a deal in cleveland but like to be sought after in the market next summer as a restricted free agent so like the time is now for a second so i think that's a really really good answer i don't think that's controversial i think that's just reading the situation of a guy that is there and well, we did have a listener last week ask us if Colin is going to like just take an excessive amount of shots. I mean, he took about 16 shots per game. Like, I know people like to scream efficiency, um, but at times Colin was a volume scorer, so he could become more of a volume scorer. But I also just don't see him being like completely detrimental to the team. But if he takes more threes, like I'm just like, okay, pay the kid. like Not what he wants, but pay him maybe a little bit more than what you're willing to offer him. Because if he completely reshapes his offensive game to take that – next step because i don't think defense is coming i think basic reads are an addition to his game and i think mobley and having more comfortable or familiarity with allen will make that a little bit better but if sexton just revamps his shot profile to take more threes and again um i don't know why people think me saying he should emulate some of what gary trent jr does is a bad thing but whatever um but if sexton took as many threes as that in a game i think i'd be a lot more comfortable because i think Colin would make a lot more than than gtj as well here's just a, a, a stat that i've been sitting on for a while to um throw out there so evan here i'm looking at you this is about usage rates of the cleveland cavaliers from last year okay here here's the top 10 okay I'm going to read this back. Okay. To you. This is going to melt your brain a little bit for 2020, 2021. This, my eyes are shut, so my brain's ready to be melted. Right. Number one, Andre Drummond, 31.3% usage rate. Number two is Colin Sexton, 29.7. Yogi Ferrell, who played 40 minutes for the Cavs, was third. Verizal, fourth. Garland is fifth at 24.9. So, like, a decent gap between him and Sexton. JaVale was sixth. Jeremiah Martin, who played point, in nine games with the team, and I forgot played for the team, um, 23.9%. Kevin Love, who played 25 games, came in at eighth. Quinn Cook was ninth, and Jetty Osmond was tenth. So what does that tell you? Basically, there's two guys of that top ten that are back that you would assume are going to have a major role in this team, and it's the two guys that we've just been talking about. And then you go down the list, it's like – uh Torian Prince. How big's the gap how how big's the gap between Garland, Garland and Sexton again? Like percentage Garland wise, was like, a, can you give me a number? It's like it's a roughly five percent. No, not, no not I mean ideal, it, I mean it's it's not ahead. ideal or sub I think it, it just is what it is when you had the situation you had last year and they whatever. But like you go down the rest yeah. of like Jared Allen was fifteenth, Lamar Stevens was sixteenth. Uh, Jeff Nominus' favorite player, Broderick Thomas, was 17th. Dylan Windler was 18th. Isaac Okoro was 20th. Like, Larry Nance Jr. was 21st. Okay? Like, like, like you have two guys that clearly are going to have the biggest usage rates on the team again, and they're coming back, and they're both playing for money. Like, I think what you said with Sexton, I think, is just is just correct. Um, 
I think my I changed my answer. I think the answer is clearly Colin Sexton because he just has a chance to like yeah. earn the bag right now in a, in a way that like that, that if there's never been a time for Colin to like secure the bag fully, it's it's this year. Full full stop. Yeah, full stop. He could he could make a lot of money and he could take that money this and roster. use our friends at Look, Online to make even more money. This, this roster is just very weird. I just I just want to emphasize this. It's like, still poorly constructed. Like my other takeaway from that usage rate list is just the Cavs really did get slapped by injuries last year because like I forgot Yogi Ferrell played for the Cavs for I, a yeah. hot second. I forgot Quinn Cook played meaningful minutes for the Cavs what, for do you, a hot Quinn second. Quinn Cook now getting a wall is like like a, is like running Instagram ads for like Walmart fashion. So like salute to Quinn Cook for getting for getting that bag on his on his gram for Walmart fashion. Um, Does Walmart have drip? I'm a Target fashion guy. Yeah, I, I'm a Target guy too. Salute to Target. Yeah, to good fellow, good fellow and company for life. I might be rocking out on media day if I'm there in person on Monday yeah, next week. Um. Yeah, who knows? But I, I, Ross, other than that, yeah, man, I think this, it, I this, think it's Sexton. Yeah. Garland's a good point too. The, like this one Ross, of those yeah. two, but more so Sexton because like Garland could afford another year possibly to wait this out, and also Rich Paul could just make things really uncomfy too. And then the Cavs' hand could be forced in that situation. Yeah, Sexton's money situation is just more pressing, and also just like again, this usage rate. It just says so much about like what the Cavs offense and roster was last year, where it's like when JaVale McGee, who played 33 games for the team and only was, was playing under 20 minutes a game, is racking up a usage rate that high and is just like doing whatever he wants, even if he was helping in some ways, like that is just like a sign that everything is a little bit busted. Um, and again, like leaning on Andrew Drummond yeah. that much is just like a, a crazy choice. So like, go watch that Wolves game on the road. Where I mean, Andrew don't Drummond watch it. Just like, ball. just. Yeah, don't watch it. Just just go look at the the, the then, shot chart. And men in black yourself so you erase it from your memory. Then go watch it again. Yeah. No, actually, just men in black it, and then go watch Locked on Cavs again, and then just rinse, repeat, and then that's how we cook the books. Or, like, use your the money. If you've invented the men in black technology, just, like, sell it for lots of money and, like, never think about Twitter or the NBA ever again and just go live on an island somewhere. But, Evan, get us out of here. We've been running long. This is a fun pod. We'll be back yeah. uh, live on Wednesday. I think Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. We'll figure yeah, it we'll, out. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll tweet it out. Evan will tweet it out on our uh, social, and we'll we'll plug it, and you'll know that I it's coming. I gotta do a better job of using that thing. So, <laughs> I'm just used to the podcast account being banned and me just tweeting it out. Yeah, I literally schedule them like the night after we do these videos and just go to bed, and not think about it. Think about it. So that's my, that's that's my B. But thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. As Chris said, our goal is to hit 400 subs by media day next week. If so, maybe we'll try and figure out to do something special during it. It's going to be a bit of a cluster F. It's going to be going from like noon to six. Uh, Chris is not waving the Confederate flag. He's waving the flag of his dad's home country slash the Nazi flag. I thought it was that. At first. No, no, was no, like no, Christopher. no, 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 you're going to get us. Well, we'll do better on YouTube based on, on that, unfortunately, but. Yeah. Get us out of here before I get um, us in trouble. Paul Joseph Watson <laughs> stands are going to be flying, and I don't mean the basketball player. But as always, please subscribe to us. If you're listening to us on audio, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll do a better job of shouting those out as the season gets Another thing, Evan, a little bit of fodder. Evan just slacking. Dropping the ball on left and right. Can't buy a rug, can't read reviews, cannot end a podcast episode properly. Thank you again for listening to Locked on Cavs, and until next time, go Cavs.